0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Eurofolk Radio. Today is May 13th, 2023, and we're going to start the book of Job today. And uh, in our pre-show conference, uh, we talked about, Dan and I talked about, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) frog in my throat, too much cream in my coffee. Well, uh, how much of the book of Job we actually want to do because so much of it is philosophizing between Job and his so-called friends, a couple of whom are actually Canaanites, Edomites. So how good could those friends be, Dan? <laughs> good morning to you. Brian. Yeah, yeah. They're always, they're always going to give you bad advice, right? Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, and we really can't expect much better from our Israelite friends half the time either, right?
1: That's so, true.
0: Right. You never know we if we got they're... to
1: look in the mirror. We got to be oh. realistic and um,
0: you know look yeah. at ourselves first. Yeah. yeah. How many times has an Israelite given you the wrong direction and you wound up? In Texas instead of Georgia, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh no, I'm a thousand miles off course. My, my so-called friend misdirected me, because that wouldn't be intentional, now would it? All right. So, but first we have a really excellent article on where where is the the land of Ur? Or, 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 anyway, the book of uh, Job, the uh, the uh, <clears throat> Hello, Mary. Hello, Israel. We want to place the location of Job and his ancestors. So um, I'll p- post that article in the two chat rooms momentarily. So go ahead and take us to that article, please.
1: Okay. The name of the article is Where Was the Land of Uz? The faithful man, Job, lived in the land of Uz. Job chapter 1 verse 1, but where was the land of Uz? It's tricky to identify as the name Uz seems to be an informal name applied by the Israelites to a region and not the formal name of a country. Job chapter 1 verse 3 says that Job was the greatest of all the people of the east, but east of where? (laughs) One of the documents found along with the Dead Sea Scrolls is a non-biblical document known as the War Scroll. It identifies Uz as being beyond the Euphrates. But that document was written at least a thousand years after Moses wrote the book of Job, and locating Uz that far east does not match with the information the Bible gives us. The first clues have to do with the raiders who destroy or steal Job's herbs and livestock. The first raiding party are Sabaeans, Job chapter 1, verse 15. The Sabaeans came from Saba, also known in the Bible as Sheba, see post 14. Saba was located in southern Arabia in what is now known as Yemen. The second raiding party are the Chaldeans, Job chapter 1, verse 17, coming from Chaldea in southern Mesopotamia. The Chaldean tribes would later be absorbed into the Babylonian Empire. So the land of Uz had to be somewhere within the range of the raiding parties of both the Sabaeans and the Chaldeans.
0: Okay, uh, I I uh, need to interject here also that I don't think there was ever a country called Chaldea. You know, we have Sumer, which was a bona fide country ruled over by the Sumerian kings, but I think the Chaldeans were the astronomer priests and astrologer priests living in that area that probably began during the Sumerian times, but continued on much longer as those empires came and went. The Chaldean priesthood uh, continued, okay? And I think that the prophet Baal, the one who tried to get the Israelites to fornicate for their destruction, was a Chaldean astronomer-priest, okay? So these people were very well-versed in astronomy, which means they had to have tremendous knowledge of mathematics and uh, historical timekeeping, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the Chaldeans were not a country, but a, a priesthood, a priesthood or a culture that lived in this area. And Abraham was brought up in this culture because he was raised in Ur of the Chaldeans, okay? But Chaldea, I don't think, is a reference to a country or a nation with boundaries. It's just a general application to where this priesthood lived. Okay, back to you.
1: Lamentations chapter 4, verse 21, places Edom in the land of Uz, indicating that Edomite territory had grown or expanded into the land of Uz. This is supported by the fact that one of Job's false comforters (laughs) named Eliphaz was a Temanite. Teman was a city in Edom, not far from the spectacular city of Petra, although some scholars place Eliphaz in Tema in northern Arabia. Another false comforter, Zophar, is designated as a Naamathite, which some suggest refers to a mountain in northwestern Arabia. The third false comforter, named Bildad, is called a Shuhite, However, that refers to his ancestry, not his place of residence. Bildad is a descendant of Shua, a son of Abraham. Similarly, the younger, wiser companion, Elihu, is called a Buzite, as he is descended from Buz, probably also a relative of Abraham. Finally, Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 20 and 21 refers to all the kings of the land of Uz and includes among them the kings of Ammon, Moab, Edom, even Philistia. Moses probably first became acquainted with the story of Job while he was dwelling for 40 years in the land of Median. The Medianites were nomadic, and their borders were fluid, but it seems that they dwelt just south of Edom, and for at least a time, Median extended into Edom. All the clues in all the clues point to the land of Uz being to the south and east of the promised land of Israel. During the lifetime of Job, Uz seems to have quietly inno- in, uh, seems to have initially occupied the northwestern part of Arabia, probably near the shores of the Gulf of Aquaba. Over the years, the expression "land of Uz" was applied to a broader area of land to the south and east of Israel, including Edom, Moab, and Ammon.
0: Okay, so in other words, nobody knows (laughs) where the land of Uz was. But again, it's just a territorial word that that does not define a country with borders, but a a general... uh, So we have Booz of Uz. Now, I think Booz was actually an Israelite, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Boozai, the Bible refers to a a person called Boozai, who I think was related to Ezekiel. But uh, I'd have to check the ancestry there. So we see that uh, that Job lived in a territory that was frequented by Israelites, by um, Chaldeans, by Edomites, Canaanites, Arabs, uh, Shebites. And I believe Sheba was a descendant of Abraham also through Keturah, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it was a mixed bag. You know, it was a multi-culti territory where it appears there wasn't a lot of warfare going on until Abraham was told by Yahweh to leave Chaldea, or of the Chaldeans, and get ready to deal with the Canaanites living in Palestine. So, But this, uh, this book of Job, although I think it's historical... Uh, And I'm sure all of these characters here are real, uh, but the book of Job is more of a philosophical book rather than a historical book. So let's go for it. But there's all kinds of, uh, as this article says, historical information that's pertinent to our understanding of the Bible. All right. Okay. Let's go for it, Dan.
1: All right. Job chapter 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, and five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred she-asses, and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned, and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before Yahweh, and Satan came also among them. And Yahweh said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord Yahweh and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And Yahweh said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and eschews evil? Then Satan answered Yahweh and said, Does Job fear God for nothing for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Okay. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he has, and he will curse thee to thy face.
0: <laughs> yeah, as, as many Israelites do today when things aren't going well, right? Yeah, it's easy to curse Yahweh when things are going. I'm well.
1: guilty of that myself.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm guilty
1: of the same thing. We 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 um yeah. tend to do that when things don't go the way we want
0: want them to. Yeah, when that truck crashed through your living room wall, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you tend to curse Yahweh, right? When when things like that happen, of course, we're all guilty of that kind of thing. But uh, I think the whole book of Job is a lesson that we are going to experience tribulation our whole lives long. There is nothing in Scripture that says we're going to have an easy life, even though that's what is preached from the pulpits of uh, the, uh, well, it's Judeo-Christianity, but it's that gospel of prosperity that comes, that specifically says, oh, if you donate your money to our denomination, you will be blessed by God and you will go to heaven and blah, 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 right? And, oh, yeah, and your income will quadruple <laughs> while you're donating, donating your money to Joel Osteen and and uh, Hagee and those kinds of people, right? Well, I don't think it works that way, folks, okay? If anything, those people who make donations to those kinds of so-called pastors – are going to have even a rougher time than the rest of us. No, the Bible does not promise an easy life. No way. And Job, who was the most upright of all the people of his era, did not have an easy life. This is a prophetic book telling us we're going to have loads of trouble. Okay? And uh, it's a test, as it says here. Satan is testing us. And Satan has been appointed by Yahweh to test us, not to destroy us, but to see how we can handle this, handle all this tribulation. But here, let me go back to verse 6. And, of course, day is yaum. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves. Now, when was this? Well, uh, since it's, it's got to be uh, the day that the sons of God, and that is the Ben Elohim, Elohim, okay, son is Ben, all right, B-E-N, a son as a builder of the family name in the widest sense of literal figurative relationship, including grandson, subject, nation, quality, okay, but we're talking about the spiritual run, the sons of Elohim, gods in the ordinary sense but specifically used in the plural thus, especially with the article of the supreme God, occasionally applied by way of deference to magistrates and sometimes as a superlative, angels, exceeding God, gods, goddesses, very great judges, almighty, etc. Okay, So the term Elohim is a plural noun that can be a reference to Yahweh Elohim, But it's a title. It's not the name of our God. It's only a title. So, so sons of God here is not necessarily evil. Because we tend to think of the Ben Elohim of Genesis 6 as being the evil ones who left their first estate. But they're also mentioned in Genesis 1 and 2 as the sons of Elohim. Okay? They're not necessarily evil. There's good angels and bad angels. So, but there was a day when the sons of God, the Ben Elohim, came to present themselves before Yahweh, and Satan came also among them. Now, this may have been before this historical episode with Job, okay, because the Ben Elohim are part of the throne of Yahweh, always have been, always will be. So, it doesn't say when this day, when this Yom was, but now presents this uh, this discussion between Yahweh and Satan in the context of Job himself, or Jobab. I think he's the historical Jobab as well. And then uh, verse 7, And Yahweh said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered Yahweh and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Making trouble, right? He's a troublemaker. And Yahweh said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that fears fears Elohim? And is Jewish evil? Well, there there have been some of us like that, but many of us have failed when when, uh, the test gets too hard. It's actually uh, reminiscent of the parable of the sowing of the seed. When Yahweh sowed seed in the earth, some fell on rocky soil, and uh, you know the the soil was not very deep, and so it sprung forth because it was fertile soil and it rained a lot. And however, there was this the plant could not take root because the soil was too rocky. So, but some, some fell in very fertile soil, grew up, and uh, etc., and it w- was very uh, faithful for a while but uh, became earthly and lost faith. And some of it, some of that seed falls to the ground and becomes real Israelites, right? Like, uh, like those of us in Christian identity, hopefully, right? It takes root and lasts a long time and uh, will continue into the kingdom, right? And then we're, I'll just jump to uh, verse 9. Then Satan answered unto Yahweh and said, Doth Job fear Elohim for naught? So, this is us being tested, not just Job, it's us being tested by Yahweh, but he is not. Satan is not allowed to kill us, he is only allowed to tempt us, and he is also allowed, as we see here, to actually kill Job's wife and family and everything he had. Not that we all get tested to this radical degree, but we all get tested. And so that's what this book of Job is all about, and it's a matter of whether we pass the test or fail the test, if we get into the kingdom or not. Okay, back to you.
1: You know, this book also tells us that no matter how much you have, it can all be gone. Just like
0: Oh, that. man, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And I'm not even a gambling man. I've never gam- gambled my life away or my substance away, but... Uh, I haven't had an easy life in terms of making money, <laughs> right? Okay. But when I was a contractor in Chicago, that's when I did make good money, but then I had Jewish customers who cheated me out of my pay, right? And, and drunken Irishmen, too. <laughs> Not to, can't blame it all on Jews, okay? Drunken Irishmen uh, are trouble as well. All right, so please continue.
1: All right, I think I left off at verse 12. And Yahweh said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of Yahweh. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and has burned up the sheep and the servants Hmm. and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels, And have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. Yahweh gave, and Yahweh has taken away. Blessed be the name of Yahweh. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Boy, he was a strong man, because I don't think I could have done
0: that. (laughs) Yeah, this is very great tribulation for one person to bear. Very great. And uh, no one would fault him for cursing Yahweh at this point. But he did not, right? He he was not a fair-weather Christian. He is an all-weather Christian, all right? And that's what Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be. Okay, chapter 2.
1: Chapter 2. Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before Yahweh, and Satan came also among them to present himself before Yahweh. And Yahweh said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan <laughs> answered Yahweh, and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And Yahweh said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man? one that fears God and eschews evil. And still he holds fast his integrity, although thou moved me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered Yahweh and said, Skin for skin, yes, all that a man has will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And Yahweh said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. So Satan so went Satan forth from the presence of Yahweh, and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potcher to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaks. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? Ooh. And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Now, when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came every one from his own place Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite. For they had made an appointment together to come. To mourn with him and to comfort him.
0: Okay, and, and sub- they him. Uh, hold on. So, so, supposedly comfort him, right? Because when yeah. you get into the philosophical discussions, it's like uh, they're all say to Job, "You must have done something terribly wrong in order for all of this calamity to fall upon you," right? And uh, the uh, the word evil in the previous verse verse sorry, Job two ten uh, is reah. Or ra, uh, Rea, I think is the correct pronunciation, it, meaning bad uh, or naturally evil, naturally, or this includes the second feminine form as adversity, affliction, calamity, distress, evil. This is not the same word that is violation of Yahweh's law, because Yahweh would never do that. He would never violate his own law. However, he does bring calamity upon us, usually in the case of us doing something wrong, and thereby punishing us with the calamity, right? Now, in this case, Job had not done anything wrong. Nevertheless, he inflicted calamity upon him as a test, but not... he does not Yahweh does not do evil okay he permits evil to happen to us when we when we fail but uh, that's usually but sometimes even when we're good calamity falls upon us to test us okay back to you verse
1: 12 and when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not they lifted up their voice and wept and they rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great.
0: Yeah, if you're covered with boils from head to toe, I bet your grief (laughs) is very great. It's just like coming, coming out of Arkansas, the wilderness of Arkansas, insect bites from head to toe. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and ticks and chiggers and stuff. Boy, I'm itching all over. So it's very appropriate here. <laughs> okay. Good timing for Job, but nothing like what he had to go through. All right. Chapter 3.
1: Chapter 3. After this, opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. Ooh. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born. And the night in which it was said, There is a man-child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above. Neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let a cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize upon it. Let it not be joined unto the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Lo, let that night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Let them curse it that curse the day who are ready to raise up the mor- their morning. Let the stars of the twilight thereof be dark. Let it look for light, but have none. Neither let it see the dawning of the day because it shut not, it, sh- no, it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hid sorrow from my eyes. Why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Why did the knees prevent me, or why the breast that I should suck? For now should I have lain still and been quiet. I should have slept, then had I been at rest. With kings and counselors of the earth, which built desolate places for themselves, or with princes that had gold, who filled their houses with silver, or as a hidden, untimely birth I had not been, as infants which never saw light. There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary be at rest. There the prisoners rest together. They hear not the voice of the oppressor. The small and greater there, and the servant is free from his master. Wherefore is light given to him that is in misery, and life unto the bitters in soul. For long, which long for death, but it comes not, and dig for it more than for hid treasures which rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they they can find the grave. Why is light given to a man whose way is hid and whom God has hedged in? For my sighing come before I eat, and my roarings are poured out like the waters. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest. Neither was I quiet, yet trouble came.
0: Okay, so he curses the day he was born, but yep. he stops short of cursing Yahweh. Okay, so there comes a point, I think, in all of our lives as Christian Israelites, we have to say, Yahweh, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> right? And, but you have to keep the faith and persist and persist and persist because if you are let's see uh, uh, an easy mark if you give up easily you're not you're, you're not worth it okay you, it, those who give up easily are not going to get into the kingdom. this is a test folks his whole life is a test as yep. job's life was all right chapter four
1: chapter four then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, if we essay to commune with thee, Wilt thou be grieved? But who can withhold himself from speaking? Behold, thou hast instructed many, and thou hast strengthened the weak hands. Thy words have upholden him that was falling, and thou hast strengthened the feeble knees. But now it is come upon thee, and thou faintest. It touches thee, and thou art troubled. Is not this thy fear, thy confidence, thy hope, and the uprightness of thy ways? Remember, I pray thee, whoever perished, being innocent, or where were the righteous cut off? Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. By the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed. The roaring of the lion, and the voice of the fierce lion, and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perishes for lack of prey and the stout lion's whelps are scattered abroad. Now a thing was secretly brought to me, and mine ear received a little thereof. In thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falleth on men, fear came upon me, and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, But I could not discern the form thereof. An image was before my eyes. There was silence, and I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and his angels he charged with folly. How much less in them that dwells in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, which are crushed before the moth. They are destroyed from morning to evening. They perish forever without any regarding it. Doth not their excellency which is in them go away? They die even without wisdom.
0: Oh, boy, that describes a lot of people, (laughs) people who die without wisdom. Now, now I really, uh, I haven't got this, I haven't looked at the book of Job this way in the past but being, uh, being covered with insect bites from head to toe, <laughs> I can see that Job would be immensely irritated by people coming up to him uh, and having philosophical discussions about whether he did right or wrong while he's itching all over covered with boils, right? I, I can imagine your patience with people uh, in such a discussion would be rather low. Right, So you can expect that Job would be rather curt and terse with people because of the condition of his body. But let's see if his condition improves in chapter 5.
1: Chapter 5. Call now, if there be any that will answer thee, and to which of the saints wilt wilt thou turn? For wrath kills the foolish man, and envy slays the silly one. I have seen the foolish taking root. But suddenly I cursed his habitation. His children are far from safety, and they are crushed in the gate. Neither is there any to deliver them. Whose harvest the hungry eats up, Mm. and takes it even out of the thorns, and the robber swallows up their substance. Although affliction comes not forth of the dust, neither does trouble spring out of the ground. Yet man is born unto trouble." As the sparks fly upward.
0: There you go. We are born, or that's the Adam. We Adamites are born into trouble. No promise of. Health, safety, and good times, <laughs> right? Okay. No matter
1: how much money you give to Joel the, oh, Osteen, you're never going to be guaranteed it, all that. It,
0: the Lord giveth and he taketh it away. <laughs> don't have, it doesn't matter how much, except the Jews. The Jews are allowed to keep their money until they die. Their judgment is at the judgment day. Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: They better enjoy it while they it. Yeah, can, they, right?
0: they better. Yeah, well, they sure do. <laughs> they try to, they but, do, even, yeah. but even they have trouble because they cheat each other, which is yep. good for us. Yes. Okay.
1: There is no, there is no honor among thieves, right? No, nope,
0: no, nope. and and not much. Uh, uh, let's put it this way: they may have uh, wealth and pleasure, but uh, joy and comfort, I doubt it, right? Uh, they're always they're always they can never rest while we exist. They have to figure out ways to trouble us, so uh, our trouble comes from them. Yahweh has put them here to trouble us and for us to figure out how to overcome them, certainly in our personal lives and as a as a people, which we haven't really been able to figure out how to overcome them as a people. All right, back to you
1: Well, we were warned that there would be thorns in our
0: side that's right, boy, are they? And they are, Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I had to clear away thorns in the back brush, too. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't much fun. They they bite right through your clothing, right? These thorns are really sharp. So that that bed of roses, anybody who wants a bed of roses, you better take the thorns with those roses. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: All right, Chapter 5. Call now. If there be any that will answer thee, And to which of the saints will thou turn? For wrath kills the foolish man, and envy slays the silly one. I have seen the foolish taking root, but suddenly I cursed his habitation. His children are far from safety, and they are crushed in the gate. Neither is there any to deliver them. Whose harvest the hungry eats up, and takes it even out of the thorns, and the robber swallows up their substance. Although affliction comes not forth of the dust, Neither does trouble spring out of the ground, yet man is born into trouble, as the sparks fly upward. I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause, which does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number, who gives rain upon the earth and sends waters upon the fields, to set up on high those that be low, that those which mourn may be exalted to safety." He disappoints the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. He takes the wise in their own craftiness, and the counsel of the froward is carried headlong. They meet with darkness in the daytime and grope in the noonday as in the night. But he saves the poor from the sword, from their mouth and from the hand of the mighty. So the poor has hope, and iniquity stops her mouth. Behold, happy is the man whom God corrects, Therefore, despise not the chastening of the Almighty. Mm. For he makes sore and binds up. He wounds and his hands make whole. He shall deliver thee in six troubles. Yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. In famine he shall redeem thee from death and in war from the power of the sword. Thou shalt be hid from the scourge of the tongue. Neither shalt thou be afraid of destruction when it comes. At destruction and famine thou shalt laugh, neither shalt thou be afraid of the beasts of the earth. For thou shalt be in league with the stones of the field, and the beasts of the field shall be at peace with thee. And thou shalt know that thy tabernacle shall be in peace, and thou shalt visit thy habitation, and shall not sin. Thou shalt know also that thy seed shall be great, and thy offspring as the grass of the earth." Thou shalt come to thy grave in a full age, like as a shot of corn cometh in his season. Lo, this, we have searched it, so it is. Hear it, and know thou it for thy good.
0: Okay, so we we must be able to accept chastisement (laughs) from Yahweh uh, humbly. Okay, and not not curse Yahweh for the trouble, because we are being uh, hu up. It's like this is boot camp. <laughs> boot camp and advanced infantry training, which I had to go through before going to Vietnam, and Vietnam was another test. Boy, oh boy, because why? Because this we're in the middle of a conflict between good and evil, the fallen angel Lucifer and his minions, the perfidious Jews against us as prophesied in Genesis 3.15, 3.14 and 15, which the, none of the churches take seriously except two seed line. The non-seed liners don't even take Genesis 3.14 and 15 seriously. And uh, they pretend, some of them think that uh, Esau, the Edomites, can be saved. No way, folks, the Edomites cannot be saved. The Bible is very clear that they're going to be destroyed. They shall be as though they had never been. Okay, now Paul also tells us we should not reject chastisement, First Corinthians three nineteen through twenty, where he actually quotes Job five thirteen and Psalm ninety four eleven. There's no way that Paul had created a new religion. Okay, he constantly quotes the Old Testament, and uh, this is the faith of the fathers that he, uh, he Paul, is going by because. They were the New Testament hadn't been created yet. Okay, so the the modern Judeo-Christian view of Paul is just totally wrong. He was a, a quarter of the Old Testament, and he was not making up any new doctrine, as is falsely said about him. Okay, back to you.
1: During the times of the New Testament, there was no New Testament. That's All right. That
0: was the Old Testament. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, but, but I guess maybe Paul was making it up. He just, no. made, it up, he yeah, he just made it up, yeah. He just made it up, yeah. But uh, everything he says is totally in sync with the Old Testament and with the life of Yahshua Messiah, you know. And it was the covenant message. He did not address the so-called Gentiles; he addressed only Israelites. And that word "gentile" has fooled so many people into falsely believing that he was the what the apostle to the so-called Gentiles. No, he was he was the apostle to the nations of Israel, the dispersed of Israel and also to the to the house of Judah. He was the apostle to both houses. That's how Paul must be understood. Okay, let's continue.
1: Chapter six. But Job answered and said, oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed and my calamity laid in the balances together. For now it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore my words are swallowed up, for the arrows of the Almighty are within me. The poison whereof drinketh up my spirit. The terrors of God do set themselves in array against me. Does the wild ass bray when he has grass, or loweth the ox over his fodder? Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt, or is there any taste in the white of an egg? The things that my soul refused to touch are as my sorrowful meat. Oh, that I might have my request, and that God would grant me the thing that I long for. Even that it would please God to destroy me, that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. Then should I yet have comfort? Yea, I would harden myself in sorrow. Let him not spare, for I have not concealed the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should hope? And what is my end, that I should prolong my life? Is my strength the strength of stones, or is my flesh flesh of brass? Is not my help in me, and is wisdom driven quite from me? To him that is afflicted, pity should be showed from his friend, but he forsaketh the fear of the Almighty. My brethren hath dealt deceitfully as a brook, mm. and as the stream of brooks they pass away, which are back... Which are blackish by reason of the ice, and wherein the snow is hid. What time they wax warm, they vanish. When it is hot, they are consumed out of their place. The paths of their way are turned aside; they go to nothing and perish. The troops of Timah looked; the companies of Sheba waited for them. They were confounded because they had hoped. They came thither and were ashamed. For now ye are nothing. Ye see my casting down and are afraid. Did I say bring unto me or give a reward for me of your substance or deliver me from the enemy's hand or redeem me from the hand of the mighty? Teach me and I will hold my tongue and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. How forcible are right words, but what does your arguing reprove? Do you imagine to reprove words? And the speeches of that, of one that is desperate, which are as wind. Yea, you overwhelm the fatherless, and you dig a pit for your friend. Now therefore be content, look upon me, for it is evident unto you if I lie. Return, I pray you, let it not be iniquity. Yea, return again, my righteousness is in it. Is there iniquity in my tongue? Cannot my taste discern perverse things?
0: Yes, yeah, we can uh, discern perverse things, but uh, in, in moments of weakness, we will do perverse things, right? right. So uh, where where was the passage here? Diggeth a pit. Uh, oh, here, here, verse 27. Yea, ye overwhelm the fatherless, and ye dig a pit for your friend. Isn't that what David did? With yeah. Uriah the Hittite? Even David had a yep. really low point in his life and uh, we always get judged for it and we have to pay for our crimes there's no getting away from it unless you pray really hard <laughs> and hopefully your uh, abundance will outweigh your sorrow all right but you you have to operate with humility in all things and if you don't if you become arrogant then you will uh, you will pay the price. And this is Job. uh, But Job wasn't even arrogant. He was humble in all things. Right? Which means that we will be tested no matter what. All right. Chapter 7.
1: Chapter 7. Is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? Are not his days also like the days of a hireling? As a servant earnestly desires the shadow, and as a hireling look for reward of his work. So am I made to possess months of vanity, and wearisome nights are appointed to me. When <laughs> I lie down, I say, when shall I arise, and the night be gone? And am I full of tossings to and fro unto the dawning of the day?
0: I can't sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sleepless nights. They, they last forever, don't they? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> My flesh is clothed with worms and clods of dust. My skin is broken and become loathsome. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind. My eyes shall no more see good. The eye of him that sees me shall see me no more. Thy eyes are upon me and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanishes away, so he that goes down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house. Neither shall his place know him any more. Therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I a sea or a well that thou settest to watch over me? When I say my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint. Then thou scares me with dreams and terrifies me through visions so that my soul chooses strangling and death rather than life. I loathe it. It would not live always. Let me alone, for my days are vanity. What is man, that thou shouldest magnify him, and that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him, and that thou shouldest visit him every morning and try him every moment? How long wilt thou not depart from me, nor let me alone till I swallow down my spittle? I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Why hast thou set me as a mark against thee, so that I am a burden to myself? And why dost thou not pardon my transgression, and take away my iniquity? For now shall I sleep in the dust, and thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be.
0: So, why all this suffering? Why do we have Mm -hmm. to suffer? You know, that's Job's complaint, and it's thoroughly understood. I think we all understand, you know, when you're going through rough times, especially physical pain in your body, that's hard to take. And you have to ask Yahweh, well, why am I thus? (laughs) As Rebecca said, when she, she found her twins, duking it out in her womb. But here in this chapter, the word man is translated from the word Enosh, not from the word Adam. A horrible, uh, horrible translation in the King James, not to distinguish among the various uh, features of the word man. They should have done so. Here, 582 Enosh, properly immortal, and thus differing from the more dignified H120, which is Adam. Hence, a man in general, singly or collectively, it is often unexpressed in the English version, especially when used in opposition with another word. So, it should simply be translated, an appointed time to mortals upon the earth. That should be how it was translated, but it's not. Hence, it begins to cause confusion between the ad, uh, Adam kind, 120, and mortals, which can be of any species, right? Even, yeah, even animals, you know, can be. Are They're all, we're all mortal, but it's uh, hominids being mortal. And that's how it should have been translated, so as not to confuse it with Adam kind, all right? Okay, so we have about 10 minutes left, uh, Chapter 8.
1: Chapter 8, Then answered Bildad the Shuhite and said, how long will thou speak these things? And how long shall the words of thy mouth be like a strong wind? Does God pervert judgment? Or does the Almighty pervert justice? If thy children have sinned against him, and he has cast them away for their transgression, if thou wouldest seek unto God betimes, and make thy supplication to the Almighty, if thou were pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee, and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. Thou... Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. For inquire, I pray thee, of the former age, and prepare thyself to the search of their fathers. For we are but of yesterday, and know nothing, because our days upon earth are a shadow. Shall not they teach thee, and tell thee, and utter words out of their heart? Can the rush grow up without mire? Can the flag grow without water? Whilst... It is yet in his greatness, and not cut down, it wherewith before any other herb. So are the paths of all that forget God, and the hypocrite's hope shall perish, whose hope shall be cut off, and whose trust shall be a spider's web. He shall lean upon his house, but it shall not stand. He shall hold it fast, but it shall not endure. He is green before the sun, and his branch shooteth forth in his garden. His roots are wrapped about the heap and seize the place of the stone of stones. If he destroy him from his place, then it shall deny him, saying, I have not seen thee. Behold, this is the joy of his way and out of the earth shall others grow. Behold, God will not cast away a perfect man. Neither will he help the evildoers till he fill thy mouth with laughing and thy lips with rejoicing. They that hate thee shall be clothed with shame, and the dwelling place of the wicked
0: shall come to naught. Okay, well, we can't wait for that day. (laughs) Uh, I guess we have to go through all this suffering so we can appreciate the good times, (laughs) right? Okay, which seems to be the topic of chapter 8. Now, I just typed into the Eurofolk Radio chat room a sentence. I am a mortal Adamite. Now if you take the King James translation using man it would have to tra- if that sentence occurred in the bible it would have to say i am a man man or i am a human human because everybody thinks man means human and, but that's not the case if you have enosh before adam it, the proper translation would be i am a mortal adamite which makes way more sense than I am a man-man or I am a human-human, okay? It makes way more sense. This is a type of confusion caused by the King James translators who fail to distinguish properly between the Hebrew words, and this is endemic throughout the entire King James Version and virtually all other versions as well. They fail to... uh, uh, Man is just one example Gentile and Jew are obviously other horrible examples of false translations. And you cannot understand scripture unless you understand the exact Hebrew words and their exact meanings. And the same goes for the Greek. Okay. All right. So I think we have a room for chapter nine.
1: Yep. Then Job answered and said, I know it is so of a truth, but how should a man be just with God? If he will contend with him, he cannot answer him one of a thousand. He is wise in his heart and mighty in strength, who has hardened himself against him and has prospered, which removes the mountains and they know not, which overturns them in his anger, which shaketh the earth out of her place and the pillars thereof tremble, which commands the sun and it rises not and seals up the stars which alone spreads out the heavens and treads upon the waves of the sea, which makes Arcturus, Orion, and Pleiades and the chambers of the south, which does great things past finding out, yea, and wonders without number. Lo, he goes by me, and I see him not. He passes on also, but I perceive him not. Behold, he takes away. Who can hinder him? Who will say unto him, What doest thou? If God will not withdraw his anger, the proud helpers do stoop under him. How much less shall I answer him and choose out my words to reason with him? Whom, though I were righteous, yet would I not answer, but I would make supplication to my judge. If I had called and he had answered me, yet would I not believe that he had hearkened unto my voice? For he breaks me with a tempest and multiplies my wounds without cause. He will not suffer me to take my breath, but fills me with bitterness. If I speak of strength, lo, he is strong. And if of judgment, who shall set me a time to plead? If I justify myself, my own mouth shall condemn me. If I say I am perfect, it shall also prove me perverse. (laughs) Though I were perfect, yet would I not know my soul, I would despise my life. This is one thing, therefore I said it. He destroys the perfect and the wicked. If the scourge slay suddenly, he will laugh at the trial of the innocent. The earth is given into the the hand of the wicked. He covers the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where and who is he? Now my days are swifter than a post. They flee away. They see no good. They are passed away as the swift ships as the eagle that hasteth to the prey. If I say I will forget my complaint, I will leave off my heaviness and comfort myself. I am afraid of all my sorrows. I know that thou wilt not hold me innocent. If I be wicked, why then labor I in vain? If I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet shalt thou plunge me in the ditch and my own clothes shall abhor me. For he is not a man, as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. Let him take his rod away from me, and let not his fear terrify me. Then would I speak and not fear him, but it is not so with me. Mm -hmm. End of chapter 9.
0: Okay. All right, and here again, Paul references, at least uh, generally speaking, the same idea in Romans 9.20, that who are you to question Yahweh? Who are you to question God? Romans 9.20, regarding the judgment of Edom, nay, but O man, O Anthropos, which generally speaking is Adam kind and Israelites, Who art thou who art thou that repliest against Elohim? uh, Theos in the Greek shall the thing formed say to him that formed it Why hast thou made me thus? Okay So those people who don't want the Edomites to be punished well I'm sorry, Yahweh says he will be punished. The whole Bible says that the Edomites will be judged for the evil that they have done, okay? He gave, he created free will. Lucifer uh, abused that free will. The Edomites have abused that free will. Many Israelites abused that free will. And we we have to be judged and punished for the evil that we do. That's just the way it is, okay? But uh, it amazes me that so many... Non-identity uh, churches think that Jesus loves everybody and God will not punish the Edomites in, in the end of days. He most certainly will. Paul confirms it here in Romans 9.20. Okay? And uh, we're not to worry about it. We're not to shed any tears about it. All right? Okay, so we'll have to talk about how much further we want to go with all this philosophizing. But good uh, Good job. Good show today. Thanks for listening, everybody. Praise the we passed the admission. Thank you, Dan.
1: Thank you. See you next
0: week. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.